0: events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of New Alphatep in our Kenya chapter. Uh, and so as we'd like to do at the top of the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you hadn't had a chance to join us up at the Patreon, you can for adventures like this and many more at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. We are also available on YouTube and continuing to make our charge to 1000 channel subscribers. We'd like you to join us there. There's content like our live shows at Origins and many, many more fun things to come. And so we'll now begin with introductions to my right.
1: Hi, this is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and I think we're getting on a train.
0: It does appear so, so the tickets say safe. To Miss O'Shea's right.
1: This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I am also getting on a train.
2: I would hope so. Otherwise, this would be a a serious splitting of the party at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and I really can't wait to see the uh, countryside of Kenya roll by.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be something magical likely things you've only seen in your dreams, uh, to Mr. Doyle's right. Oh, this is Lonnie. I'm playing Robert Drummond, and uh, yay, we're headed south. <laughs> uh, you're actually headed north. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But that's I'm, okay. I'm all backwards. Perhaps you are headed south, Robert. That is burying the lead. Oh, I'm sure I'm headed south. <laughs> <laughs>
2: to <laughs> Mr. Drummond's right. Hi, this is James, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tottenbach, and uh, you know, a train? Infinitely, infinitely better than the last mode of transport,
3: thank you.
0: Yes, uh, as a, uh, well, as a German, you would likely be very, very much in favor of trains. Oh yeah, they're well, well scheduled, and it's wonderful. <laughs> last but most certainly not least.
3: Uh, this is Alex playing saint who has never gotten into anything resembling trouble on a long train ride. Hmm.
0: So, we're going to raise the curtain tonight at the train station. The investigators have gathered their things. They have prepared themselves to leave Mombasa and journey north for quite a long trip. So as was described, at least to you at the train station last time upon purchasing the tickets, uh, this is quite the the journey, 15 to 18 hours, depending upon the weather. Uh, But luckily for you, uh, you'll be enjoying it as best you can in first class. And so that means that your uh, car, now it's very important to understand, that this car has compartment seating at at least for most of you, and uh, has protection from the weather. The last we knew, Sam was planning on sorting out sort of his own method of getting on the train. Um, but when you queue up to get to the train, uh, actually physically get on the train, the, the lines are clearly marked for different classes as they say here. So that sort of absorbed class system that the British Empire has uh, is clearly on display here. Um, So sort of one of the the toughest portions uh, to visually take in here is the fact that there is an enormous flat car. And that flat car sits right behind the tender, which is where all the wood is carried at. And then right ahead of that is the locomotive. Which means the passengers getting on the tender, uh, getting on the flat car, have no protection from the environment, from the smoke or anything. Their seat on the train on the train, and the flat car is their ass. Wherever they can be put in, that's what they get. And they have to pay for it as well. You, however, the investigating part that's here, are shepherded towards the back of the train, which is where the first class is into your assigned seats and rows and made to uh, enjoy all the comforts that the train can allow. Ahead of you is the dining car. And so that's where you'll be able to get whatever food is offered and or drinks. And then sort of right ahead of that is uh, mail, baggage, and freight cars. Uh, And then ahead of that, just before the flat car, uh, is third class. It's a system. And they built it and you have to go through it. Very purposeful. Yep. So I'd like to know, if I could, Sam, uh, how you are planning on getting onto the
3: train? Well, you know, it's a funny thing. I will go to great lengths to disguise myself as a totally unremarkable local woman uh, in clean, inexpensive working garb, complete with a shawl and a hood to protect my face from the elements and soot and smoke, and is generally preoccupied with the bundle that she's carrying because it isn't huge it's just like awkward enough to warrant her attention um and she speaks very quietly and very demurely and avoids eye contact with men particularly british men and minds her business Uh, she will stand or squat uh, so as to take up very little room in the car and will pay very close attention to the other passengers mindful of their space and their discomfort and um For the time being, we'll we'll just exist aboard the train.
0: What's your acting?
3: Uh, My acting or my disguise?
0: Well, a little bit of both. What's your disguise, then your acting? I mean...
3: So my disguise is 89. Acting is
0: 77. So I'm not going to make you roll um, because I I don't think that it's... uh, I don't think making a disguise roll is necessary here. Um, You have more than enough in regards to your garments and more than enough... To, to make up this sort of um, well this
3: new face her name is Nadia <laughs> okay she's very nice
0: getting aboard the flat car is not hard you have to pay a little bit of, of money for it your fellow flat car Kenyans are likely a little bit reserved in the sense that they find, the, they find a place to sit they sit down and they don't seem to make a whole lot of noise it's a long ride, and there's probably also likely a resigned acceptance to the system that
3: they are in. I am just aware, just as aware of the dining car schedule as they are. So I'm assuming that they are looking just as forward to a cold, formerly hot meal as I am.
0: You see that a lot of them have their own um, baskets and packages with them. It's likely that some of this is for
3: trade goods to take back to Nairobi are the compartment cars assigned at when you buy your ticket or are they just kind of given out No they're assigned Okay so I, am I aware of where the other investigators are I guess that's what I'm asking uh,
0: I would I would just Jack you got the ticket so I, would you have let Sam know where you were going to be Oh yeah Okay okay
3: Like I know the the dining car schedule so I have you know uh, the idea is when people meet we might be able to find an opportunity to meet um, but as far as the dining car is concerned, they would have to linger, which I know that, well, the train car operators aren't going to care if there's some, you know, passengers who want to hang out and rabble, rouse or linger for whatever reason. Maybe they want to talk. Who knows? Uh, but if they want to, if they have anything they want to talk about, that would be the time um, is after dinner when the dining car switch is made. Certainly.
0: Are you doing anything when you get your seats? I assume it's a long train ride.
3: 15 to 18
0: hours. I'm just going to pull out a book and read. Yeah, it's a, a little bit different than your, um, we'll just say brief time on the Orient Express. There are no berths here, so there are no actual enclosed cabins. If you want to sleep, you sleep in the seat that you have, uh, which many people, when they board the train, you can see sort of get into a, a little bit more of a relaxed posture, or those that are on the, the window side lean against the, the, the wall of the train, and uh, as it departs, Mombasa, um, there is a long blow from that steam engine that comes out as the churn of the train sort of births you northward. You have some time to kill. Is anyone doing anything specific while they're on board?
1: I'm just going to try and stay in my seat and keep my head down so that people don't
2: see my face. (laughs) Is it possible for me to get a uh, paper? A local paper?
0: You would, be, you would be able to get a hold of um, the paper from the Mombasa before you leave. There are several. There's likely a newspaper
2: stand at the train station. Maybe one from Nairobi if they...
0: Um, you could probably get the...
2: Nairobi Star would be a couple of days old, okay. but you can yeah. get that. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be reading those, looking for anything that might be interesting.
0: Miss Lane?
1: I um, make sure I find myself a window seat when mm-hmm. I get on, you know... My assigned seat to a window seat.
0: You're going to push Jack to the aisle, I assume, then? Yep. Okay. The seats are two seats, and they face one another. So that's mm-hmm. how they're seated on the train. So it could be that so you and Jack are one, and then maybe Maven, Sigmund, or another, and then Robert's told the to fuck off somewhere else. I don't know.
1: Sorry, Robert. So is there a table in no, between? There is no table in between. It's just two seats facing each other? Mm-hmm. Or two sets? Okay. Yep. I, I found a window seat, and... I um, I I pull out my my handy dandy book um the king in yellow Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. I need some reading material for the for the train.
2: Doc's going to be at the window. Um the other window since Maeve is hiding her face and kind of uh probably face in a book because when traveling by ship, Doc hides inside his cabin. So this is quite nice that he can actually look out a window and see countryside go by. Yeah. So him and Lillian will make small talk and we will. point things out to each other. Oh, did you yeah. see that? I think that was a lion. No, that was a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime that they mention an uh, animal I've never seen, I immediately uh, look outside.
0: Yeah, it's the cow syndrome. Yeah. So there are a couple of, of things that you would notice as the journey gets started, um, as you get out into the, the wilderness of Kenya, it does not take long for the train to reach the, the city limits. And then beyond that, there are just, it's just, it's just wilderness. Uh, so unlike the current situation today where there's a um, high-speed rail and much of the uh, area around the rail in, the, in Kenya has been sort of tamped down because of the need for all the con- construction, This is a rail line that was made in the 1800s. And so the wilderness comes very close to the train tracks, very close. Um, I think one of the first things you've likely noticed from here is there's probably the movement of wildebeest. You'd probably notice a a large group of them moving across uh, the, the plains here. And you might even spot a giraffe. Ooh, ooh, views in the flat car are a little different for you, Sam, they are, they are somewhat obscured by the, uh, steam and the exhaust of the locomotive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You also very quickly come, come to the realization that the flat car has no physical way to access the dining car. Oh, okay. The next car behind you is the, uh, mail and or baggage car. And so there's no physical way for you to get to the dining car.
3: I thought that the terms were once they're done with the dining car, the people in third class get to use it. So they don't know. Like, that's just a lie.
0: Well, like when you get on, it is something that you come to realize.
3: Okay. I'm more concerned with, I mean, while we in the flat car are sharing much in the way of the misery, I'm keeping eye out for the particularly desperate. Mm maybe those that are like stained from the soot from like frequent travel or passengers who are watching other people's belongings instead of their own. And I'm also kind of trying to watch for, uh, familiarity between people, either, you know, relationships, travel companions, Mm -hmm. people with what seemed to be business in Nairobi, people prepared for like a longer stay that kind
0: of. Okay. Yeah. There's probably quite a few of the latter, there, uh, there's probably quite a few people on the flat car that have brought, uh, several baskets with them that seem that they're there for a longer term. You probably do also pick up the former, which are people on the flat car that are a little desperate and that are trying to pay attention to where people are looking, um, when they look at their belongings or do they fall asleep or do they, um, get up and stretch? Is there, are there windows of opportunity? The the flat car is going to have likely just as many opportunists, if not more, than the rest of the train. But I'll go ahead and give you a
3: spot-hidden rule as well. That is an 84 out of 85. Well, okay. Well, then. I'll take it.
0: (laughs) uh, I am going to play a Hand of Fate for you. Oh, okay. And I'm going to upgrade that to a hard success.
3: Well, thank you out there, person who didn't want me to be oblivious on the street.
0: So one of the things that you notice is there is a gentleman from the rail service who stands inside the mail car directly behind the flat car. Um, but you also notice that he seems to have a seat mm-hmm. and he seems to sit back and relax a little bit. And you pick up, you pick him up in your vision a couple of times standing up, stretching. This is like when the first couple of hours Okay. Um, and you sort of put um, his physiology together a little bit and think there's a good chance he's going to fall asleep at some point. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's overworked. Maybe he didn't get to rest on the way down, but opportunists might see that and then think that the mail and or baggage car could be, um, We'll just say
3: exploited. Sure. And you said that there wasn't access to dining car, but if one could go through the mail car, would that get them there? Is that if one went through the mail car,
0: they would find themselves in third class, and these are this is a a a class that is mostly made up of um, pan Asian mm, and right, 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 a- Arabic yes. descent.
3: Okay. So they have access. They're the ones who have access to the, to the dining car. Yes, there.
0: they have access. I
3: see. I understand now. Well, that's all very good to know. And none of these people. So how successful have I been at making sure no one's paying any attention to me? I would say
0: quite successful at the very least.
3: Well, then I will sit on that. So as uh, if, I, if there is an opportunity to be seized, um, I will either seize it behind someone uh, less aware or when I need to. Very good. But in the meantime, I will remain um, alert if, even if I'm only faking it.
0: Okay. So Lillian, the, the play, The King in Yellow, uh, the book you continue to read um, is quite interesting. Um, It continues to create a compelling case for uh, a rather unfortunate tale. There's a story in it that you've been reading for a little while. And it seems to surround a person of importance in the 1300s. They are a a member of royalty, perhaps French royalty. And they cloister themselves away in uh, a family home, a a castle. And in doing so, they begin to create works of machine-like quality they begin to create what sound like automatons almost like dolls marionettes that are suspended from the ceiling and they go into this the, the tale continues on for many years as this aristocrat goes through and creates all of these different marionettes, different styles, different functions. Um, And then eventually, he settles down, he stops his creation works, and he has a family. And in doing so, he has a son who eventually inherits this massive castle. and having been sent away to boarding school in many of his early years, the son has very little contact with his father. Um, and he returns to the castle at one point to claim his um, family estate. And the tale talks about the marionettes um, having rumored to have to come to life and to dance among the halls. And the description that, they, that this tale gives about how the marionettes dance back and forth and do these pirouettes through the halls, it chills your blood a little bit. And in the back of your ears, you can hear this staccato violin sound. And it very much reminds you of seeing those dancers with Mr. Wilde there at the end
1: because well, I heard the I've heard the violins a few times. Indeed. Since then. So does that mean Mr. Wilde was a, a marionette?
0: That's a great question. He did seem to have a purpose and a task. And he seemed very passionate about it.
1: He did. So it all kinds of kinda of lines up. In some way. To to me, at least, you know, without having any other information. So mm-hmm. I kinda of note that in the in the back of my head. To tell Jack about later. Not on the train with Maeve and the doctor
0: Jack um, the Nairobi star is a single sheet paper it is not deeply um, well, I'll just say that the articles in it are fairly um, slim as a single sheet paper it doesn't really offer you a ton of information um, but it does seem to what what it doesn't offer you in depth of information. It does seem to offer you in um, more critical news coverage. It looks like they've sort of chopped out all of the uh, fluff of some of the other papers. And they sort of get right to issues, which can something you might appreciate. Um, it is printed in English, which is helpful. Um, and it does talk about uh, a couple of places in Nairobi. Um, that there seems to be uh, a club a country club there. It's a private country club they talk about.
2: Ooh.
0: A uh, a bar, a tennis court, and a bowling green. Really?
2: It's pretty exclusive, huh? It does. It does seem pretty exclusive. That'd be the kind of place that uh, Roger Carlisle would uh, frequent.
0: Um, if you know anything about Roger Carlisle, you'd know that he is a man who was about or is about station and status and money. I mean, the Carlisle fortune in the era was in the millions, right? So mm-hmm. the Carlisle family tradition makes a lot of, made a lot of its money during the Civil War, doing shipments and arms uh, production. So they were very well off. And if there was one thing Roger liked more than drinking and carousing with women, it was spending money. Mm-hmm. He was prolifically spending money during the uh, beginning of the expedition, which is something that Erica had mentioned to you uh, months ago. I wanted to say years ago, but it's, <laughs> it's only Just, been months yeah. in the game. Some time passes, uh, we'll say four or five hours pass. The train begins to churn into the beginning of evening. The uh, dining service starts. Um, and so they begin taking passengers from your car into the main dining space. And they sort of take them in in groups because there's only so much space in the dining car. Um, but when it is your turn, it I guess it just let me know, if is anyone not eating? I ask because if you indicate that you're not going to eat, they would let you know that this is the only meal that's served.
2: Oh, I mean, <laughs> is it uh, local food? Like is in... Uh, it's not like your standard European fare, or well, is it? I,
0: I would say it's ha- it's sort of half and half. Okay. Um, so there's some there's some local food here, which is exceedingly different than the British European fare. But they do have some very bland. British food, if that's really what you want. Oh no, Doc doubles down on the local cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they tell you no smashed peas. <gasps> Damn it, Arl He
2: just leaps from the train bodily. <laughs>
0: but yeah, there's there's food and drink, obviously, that is made available to first class passengers. I would say that it isn't impossible for you all, or some of you who are paying attention to your surroundings. I don't want to assume that's all of you, but I'm kind of guessing that you're paying attention to your surroundings. You can tell that the car just forward of you, the third class car, you can see people in there watching people in this car eat. The meal is good. It is included with the fare after uh, a couple of rounded drinks and food that they, they excuse you back to the rest. And then it's at that point, the third class car begins to be served. At about, at about 9 p.m., it begins to rain and it isn't a drizzle the train begins to move through a canyon downpour out in the valley that is the plains that are nearby the you can see all of the trees immediately begin soaking up that rich moisture the same thing is true of the people in the flat car who are forced to soak up all of the moisture that comes in although Sam, you would recognize that several of these flat car passengers seem to be prepared for this. And they put up, between a couple of them, they put up a lean-to. Like with with men actually holding poles and then holding a barrier for the rain. And they huddle some of the older and elderly people underneath it.
3: Sure. I'm not going to take up space for them as much as I might go out of my way to um, help usher some people maybe those that are either traveling with children or with um, those who seem i don't know less uh willing to advocate for themselves um help kind of get them get them over there um either you know subtly or not subtly
0: Yeah, if there's one thing that's tr- that's true about the people that are here, is it doesn't take them a lot of coaxing to get under there and get protected.
3: Uh, one of the things I will produce to the people that are kind of that are putting up any sort of shelter uh, is a blanket that I will produce from my from my bag, my bag of my magic bag, my ma- not magic bag. It's just a duffel, but yeah, my sleeping bag. That sleeping bag got us, Well, got me through the rains in uh, England. I'm not scared here.
0: Yeah, I would just say, um, and not to color your opinion on the situation at all, but the rains here in Africa are something else. Well, it's
3: got to be nice for the soot.
0: You bet. Those of you in the first class car behind feel be the storm pick up and the lightning begin hitting. Um, and Jack, you see a tree get split in half alongside the train. mighty flash and then a, basically an arc of fire that leaps from the, the tree as it, it topples over. It bangs off the side of the car and then lays in the... I mean, by
2: then it's way behind you, but... I, I feel sorry uh, for the uh, passengers on the black car. That's how you do about it. No, unfortunately.
0: Eight hours into your journey, the rain has not let up. The train does go through gaps of time when there isn't a storm. Um, But they're very brief. They're no more than maybe five or 10 minutes. Interestingly enough, the people that are traveling via the flat car seem to go into a whir of motion when this Mm -hmm. happens. So when the storm lets up in the flat car, Sam, you watch them collect the water from the, from the fabric and they begin doling that water out in like clay jars, because of course, since there's no service on the flat car, there's nowhere else to get anything to drink. And so the response to the rain that the people in the flat car have is not to hide; they use it. As, they use it as they can. Definitely ingenuity.
3: And once again, I will contribute where I can. So that means carrying water to people. Means carrying water to people. Uh, I do have. Um, a, non, uh, a non-sealed, a non hydrogen-not-filled vacuum bottle that I can use, so essentially I have a thermos that I can use to help dole out water to people.
0: It's really during, during this time of high activity that you see one of these opportunists move. Mm-hmm. And they move for one of the bags of the elderly people that has not been moved over yet. And it's not, it's a subtle movement, but it's a movement you pick up on sort of because you're just almost like a, a, well, almost like a a cat waiting for a mouse to move. The mouse can't help but do the thing that it does.
3: So I would like to, I would like to intercede on behalf of the mouse's mouth. And instead of it grabbing cheese, it will grab my thermos as I say thirsty. And I kind of thrust it into their hands um, and kind of help them stand straight up. And get close, like my elbows to their chest, thermos in their face, kind of continuing to kind of not shove them. But, you know, if they if they stop moving, we're just going to bump into each other.
0: Yeah, they they don't they don't they, they don't fully stop moving. So you have you sort of pick them up and, and you can feel physically feel from where you're at their entire form squirm at being caught. You really
3: should drink. it's a long journey.
0: They sort of demure and shake their head and look anywhere but look at
3: you. I won't make a big fuss out of it, but um, yeah I'll, I'll let them I'll let them deal with whatever they're feeling right now as I say, "Oh, you might want to keep an eye on this, and I'll slide over to the bag and help it into the person's lap and kind of <laughs> usher them over to where they might be a bit better uh, attended to. Because um, if we're in if we're in crisis management mode at this point, it's you know those who those who cannot help themselves uh, are going to be helped, and those who aren't helping are going to either hang out somewhere by themselves collectively, or resign themselves to helping because well the rest would make them feel too guilty. Yeah, it's true.
0: Uh, he squirms for a bit, but will eventually actually take a drink of beer water.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but he does so sheepishly, if nothing else.
3: Yeah, this is why I give him a pat on the shoulder. And then, you know, go back to the attending. How's the uh, how's the how's the male how's the male person doing? Oh, he's
0: clearly asleep. He's rested up against the the near the door. He's sort of kicked back in the chair, and he's got a, You can imagine his feet are sort of up on one of the compartment racks. Mm. So he's just there, more as a physical block.
3: So I would like to wait until the rain starts again when I hear like a nice big clap of thunder.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think I'm going to try to ooze past him gently. Slink, whatever word you want to use for take up, take up very little space and just kind of ease my way past his, I don't want to disturb me, he He's had a long day. Who knows how many of these you trips he's had? You want to
0: be like a cat, you want to be like water.
3: Like water, yes. There's an awful lot of noise outside. I'm not worried about being too quiet. I, should, I need to be fast.
0: All right. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that's likely a hard stealth roll. Okay.
3: Thanks. That is a thirty-four under ninety-five. That's definitely a hard success. Wonderful. Uh, so you find a gift waiting
0: for you. To get it. Oh. It's unlocked. I love gifts. Think fast. You sort of like slowly accelerate the handle just enough to make sure that it's going to open and then you feel the that, that single piece of metal clear the block in the wall and you know you can open this door without having to pick the lock uh, making it past him is a exercise in we'll just say agileness because mm-hmm. uh, he didn't he didn't stay close enough to the door mm-hmm. to completely block it from opening so you basically get about eight, eight to nine inches of space to work around.
3: We'll get cozy.
0: You do so. It's not just getting in the door, though. Really straddling him to get past him is the the feat that you really have to roll for. Okay.
3: What does this roll for?
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be deck based because it's going to because um, there's no athletics per se.
3: That is an eight. Uh, under 75. So I think that's extreme, right? That's an extreme roll, yep.
0: Okay, you tiptoe crossed and uh, leave him none the wiser nor the uh, awake. And now you are in, fully, the mail car. And you see that there are steamer trunks and mail bags and all sorts of things in here. And beyond that, you see at the other side of the car, there's a door that leads
3: to third class. Can I? Is there a window in it? Oh yeah. Can I? Are the investigators still there?
0: Well, they've never been in
3: the third class car. Oh no! No, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Is it how? Is the luggage easy to? Is it easy to identify how it's sorted in here?
0: No, not particularly. Okay. You can see that it's sorted for first class and third class it looks like on the left as you're staring at that back door that's where third class luggage is and it looks like first class luggage is on the right and then the mail is all kept uh, on the bottom racks because it's basically big
3: burlap sacks that are marked mail royal mail and i guess what i'm looking for what, what i will look for as i move through the car is a garment bag we're probably actually going to have to look in steamer trunks because there likely wouldn't be any traditional round games. Okay. Um, then I will look for, based on my understanding of someone like, I don't know, Lillian's style of luggage or uh, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know how, how Maeve tends to, I think I think the steamer trunk that Maeve uses is more utility than, than, than fancy. It's
0: got all the spiders and,
3: and snakes in it. But I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm looking for something that, um, you know, that exudes poise.
0: Okay. Give me a luck
3: roll. I have some of that now. Uh, but that's only a 70 under 52. So I'm not all that lucky.
0: Okay. You're not all that lucky. Um, you, you get through, uh, we'll just say, uh, two trunks. Mm-hmm. And the guard behind you sort of begins
3: to snore a little bit and then rouses to wake, it sounds like. Backers can't be choosers. I grab something that I think might function in third class, uh, and I will drape it about myself as I move into third class. Okay. So I'm, I'm rapid disguising, I guess.
0: You are. Um, so I'm going to need a disguise roll. I'm going to need a hard disguise roll because you're doing it at speed.
3: So I'll make my disguise roll, and then I guess if I... Or do I spend the luck now? How does that...
0: So I will just say this, uh, either you'll spend the luck now or you'll make a disguise
3: roll. It's really your choice. Oh, I'll make the roll, then. I love, I love how exciting these things can get. 29, under, under 89. So it's a hard success. Yeah.
0: Easily a hard success. Uh, you pull out a bolt of white fabric. Nice. And when you realize that it is likely someone's bed sheet, perhaps? you exit towards the door and you whip it into a turban nice all right you have to alter a little bit of the rest of what you're wearing but you do exit the male car in a turban and as you hold it and enter the next car Mm -hmm. the third class car you now suddenly fit in in this car excellent i will stand much straighter and less demure and begin moving through the car jack
2: why don't you make me a listen roll Uh, that's 46 under 47. Oh, wow.
0: It sounds like something in the back half of the first class car is making sort of a strange metallic grinding noise. It's picked up here in the past couple of minutes. You're not sure what exactly it is.
2: Um, I will uh, lean back and lean out into the aisle and look back.
0: You look back. There's the movement of the train. There's... People sitting back there. There's the WC that has, you know, is available for people to use. There's, you know, a member of staff. One of the porters is sitting back there as well. You we have we have porters um, on either end of the
2: car here that basically attend to whatever you might need. It, the sound is still kind of going on. Yeah. Well, well, I'll get up and kind of make my way back.
0: Porter who's sitting down, you know, just waiting for, for the next the next thing that he has to do, gets up and st- steadies his hat a little bit. He steps forward. Uh, can I help you, sir?
2: No, no, I'm just uh, stretching my legs. Just a bit. I'll sit down again in a minute. Do you
0: hear a noise? He sort of does the thing that people do when someone asks them to hear something, they look around. Right. You watch his eyes sort of dart back and forth, and then they narrow. Yes, I do hear it. He goes back to the door uh, at the back of the first class car and you see him move the door handle a little bit and then he pulls the door open just slightly and he looks at the door and then he shuts it. You see him move the top lock on the door and you're a fairly well educated lock. Right. I know a little something about locks. You know something about locks. He turns the lock on the top, and you see him continue to revolve it over and over.
2: Like it's free spin. Oh, I've kind of come up behind him. Another problem with the lock? Yeah, it's not locking. That's very strange. Hmm. Is, is there anything out there? Is the noise louder? It is a little louder, yeah. Is it coming from beyond the door? You think
0: it's coming from beneath at the bottom of the door, maybe. It's not, uh, it's not out an exterior noise. The noise is in here somewhere. I kind of look down a little bit. All of you who are traveling in the car, those of you who would not be sleeping are seeing Jack have this back and forth. You don't notice anything different.
2: Hmm. That's odd. Kind of sounds like it's coming from down here. The rain stops outside. No. It eases up and then. Can to hear a little better now. You can hear a little better. Yep.
1: So, are you standing by the door?
2: Yeah, with the porter.
1: Is there a window in the door?
0: You bet.
2: It goes out back to the train, right?
0: It does, and there's nothing beyond that. You're seeing
2: right. just... Yeah, you I'll know, lean over. Get closer to the floor.
0: You lean over, you get closer to the floor. Make me a spot, hidden roll.
2: Hard. That is not going to do it. Okay. It's odd for you not to be able to make a hard spot. 85, happens. you know. It
0: happens. Yeah, you get down by the door and you search out there. Everything seems to be in order here for the most part. Hmm. I mean, it's not as well put together as some of the other trains that you've hmm. been
2: on, but. it's no Orient Express. Well, really, what is? Right.
1: Yeah, I'll walk over to Jack. Is everything okay?
0: You hear that noise? You'd have to make a listen roll for it, but you... You can uh make a listen roll at advantage because it's being pointed out.
1: Oh, my listen is not very good. So that's forty nine out of twenty.
2: Base listen, so yeah.
1: No, I don't I don't hear anything. What's it sound like?
2: I like a metal grinding sound. Hmm. I just want to make sure it wasn't uh one of the uh train wheels or something. Hmm. But it doesn't really sound like it's coming from outside. It sounds like it's coming from the the base of the door
1: oh. does the bottom of the door look weird i don't
0: know how familiar you are with bottoms of the doors <laughs> but it's a great question um you can give me a spot hidden all. i mean the same like i meant like you
1: know i look at your door i don't know how it's supposed to be but i see you know
0: <laughs> your, your door looks weird mike
1: yeah it's a weird door dude that is uh 36 out of 75
0: okay so 36 out of 75 It's yeah, a hard success yeah, you notice something a little strange about the door. Um, the because you've been on a couple of these trains, you had to move from this to the dining car, and so you notice that each one of them have a, a metal plate at the bottom of them, and the one that is here, the metal plate seems to be
2: flapping a little bit.
1: Um the plate's loose. Is hmm.
2: that what you're hearing? No, I mean I've reached down there, kind of. <laughs> to grab the plate
0: yeah it's definitely loose it's like somebody it's like it came loose that's strange it shouldn't come loose because it should be it should likely is screwed down by multiple you know multiple ways and then you slowly begin to sort of put a few things together the plate of the door the the literal bottom of the door is loose the lock is not working on this door and when your eyes go up left as this you know train porter is trying to examine the door you realize something a moment before it happens in the upper left of this door the hinges are crooked and the porter pulls on the door and when he does the whole door starts to come off Ooh.
2: um can i react at all
0: i think you can yeah because I've, I've shown it to you so you should be able to react to it
2: all right i want to like throw my shoulder into it Let's put it back on like to slam it closed okay to try to hold it fast yeah
0: okay i think that that's fine i'm gonna have you make a strength roll to make sure that you can lock it into place hey 15 under uh 15 under 60 uh you slam hard into the door to keep it shut and he looks at you like what the door was falling it would to fall on you you're standing right next to jack when this happens and you watch the porter's reaction you watch jack's reaction and because there are windows along the train, you're sort of positioned in the perfect spot to see this. The Porter and Jack are face-to-face now, and along your peripheral vision, you see something. It is an eight-foot ball of fire that walks through the air down the back of the train. And as it's moving, you can tell that part of its form is rubbing along the side of the train.
1: Oh, shit. Shit.
0: And that is where we're going to call this episode to a close. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Masks. We look forward to getting to Nairobi perhaps a little bit crispier than when we left. Thank you and good night.